Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to yet another episode of the Sunday Bitcoiner. Oh yeah, we're switching things up, as you can see, by the huge changes I've brought to the introduction. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to add a tune here. Um, for those of you that uh, that didn't know, I, I used to like produce a little bit of sounds. Um, I, I think I still have my link to like my SoundCloud somewhere out there or anything but in any case i think uh this um this intro can can do some rework right it's uh not much of an intro anyway hope you're having a nice sunday you got your warm cup of coffee or your cold cup of coffee mm -hmm. your cold cup of coffee i'm gonna get my words right clearly i haven't had mine but yeah um cold because who knows maybe you enjoy iced coffees on these hot summer days lots of things going on and i am proud to report that this is i think the third or fourth month in a row where we've been consistently man i really got to find my words we've been consistently dropping episodes every single month yeah, very exciting. Thanks to everyone who keeps tuning in. Um, but, you know, one episode a month, there's so much to cover that I got to parse through everything and uh, be selective. So most of the times what ends up happening is I just scramble a list together right before the beginning of the episode. I work on it for maybe like 15 minutes and I'm like, okay, you know what? This is what we'll cover on. This is what I remember that happened most recently. I'm not going to go dig my archives up. Um, actually, I had another episode planned for for this uh, session, and I completely forgot about it. I am uh, someone who clearly has short-term memory problems in the sense that if I write it down, I will forget about it. But if I don't write it down, I will also forget about it. So I try to discipline myself to write things down and try to get back to them. That's that's probably the most important piece that I still haven't gotten yet um, figured out. Uh, but yeah, I have a very, very interesting episode coming up in the next month around the differences between saving, investing, and there's a third thing. I forget right now. Anyways, I don't have the list of the planned episodes in front of me, but we'll get to that one. Um, reason I decided to to touch on other subject subjects today is just because there's lots of things going on it's uh, summer and uh, lots of things to cover in the world of bitcoin but in the personal world just so many things going on and i'm sure uh, all of the plebs listening are pretty happy about uh well let's say the price pumping up a little bit if i'm honest though I could have stacked more sats, so I'm, I'm kind of mad at myself for that. But um, it is what it is, you know. It's Bitcoin's going to Bitcoin. Oh, my God. My words today. Oh, my. Bitcoin is going to Bitcoin, and there's nothing that we can do about it. Yep. Except keep running our nodes. Keep running our ASICs if you have ASICs. Shout out to the ASICs. ASIC runners and the node runners. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, let's start with the with the personal things, I guess. Um, so if you hear some some background noise, 
like planes and everything, I am very, very happy to report that we will no longer be hearing this because um, I'm moving out soon. Um, yeah. So, well, and again, not the right words, but moving to a new place where the airplane audio in the background will cease to exist. Um, you might hear some new sounds like crackheads running around. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it is. Um, but yeah, new studio. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a, a new studio setup as well um, for the podcast. I'm going to try to keep it uh, in the same spirit, pretty minimal. Uh, you know, um, I am a firm believer in the MVP, uh, the minimum viable product, right, to get things out there. And for people who are interested, they will find it. Uh, you know, um, I, I try to make uh, the sound quality as uh, as good as possible. Um, but uh, I'm not going to go overboard to blur out every single audio anomaly from uh from uh gosh these airplanes just keep coming and keep coming my lord anyway hopefully i'm able to reduce some of that noise um in the background and you don't have to put up with it but if you do uh, and uh, if you're on one of those planes i guess um hope you're enjoying your trip whenever you get to listen to this episode um, but yeah, new podcast studio, um, pretty exciting. Um, not much is going to change in uh, the setup. It's going to be basically the same equipment, but hopefully with better acoustics um, from it. Um, things that will change is I expect to have, uh, let's just say, more consistency in churning out episodes. Um, and... Um, more free time on my hands to actually maybe increase the cadence too um no promises there but like uh to be able to keep up with uh, the world of bitcoin um and interesting factoids of life that could be happening in a shorter time uh, time span because that way i'll actually remember um things that i need to talk about whereas um clearly if it's one month apart i'll most of the times what ends up happening is whatever I can get my hands on. Um, that's probably what it's going to be. Uh, by the way, if you also hear, hear a clicking noise, that's not something that I expect to go away. Um, but who knows, actually? Who knows? Uh, that might actually go away with the new setup and the new acoustics. I may no longer have to rely on headphones to hear myself speak. Um, yeah, it's my headphones that you're, uh, you're hearing. My audio technicals are very, very old. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, so new podcast studio, uh, excited about that. Um, another thing recently is, uh, I haven't been stacking stats, but I've been, uh, stacking more freedom. I just recently picked up my motorcycle license. I am definitely a beginner. Um, exciting things it's it's fun it's exhilarating but jesus christ is it dangerous oh my days um if you ride a motorcycle let me know let me know what kind of bike you got i just got this um kawasaki vulcan took it out for the first time today after my license because where i live at uh, the way licenses work is 
you first have to pass a closed circuit test. Um, and obviously you have to go through motorcycle um, driving lessons before that. Um, but you, you don't use your own bike. Um, you use the bikes that uh, the school has or those instructors have. Or um, your local government has. Uh, and they borrow them to you uh, while you take the test. Yeah. I got used to those bikes. I did not get used to my bike. So first thing I did, um, took it out, practiced in my garage. Here in my garage as uh, whatever that guy's name was. Anyway. And I slipped and I fell. And uh, yeah, it's just newbie motorcycle things. But uh, thankfully, not uh, too badly injured. I just scraped my elbow a little bit, kind of fucked up the coat. The motorcycle's fine. And um, yeah, didn't do any collateral damage anywhere. So overall, pretty minor incident. I'm pretty happy that this is the first time I dropped my bike and it's there and it's not, you know, on the road with all the fucking maniacs that don't really know how to drive. So that's kind of, let's say, the blessing in disguise. And motorcycling maybe that's another episode that i can i can plan and i gotta write it down because i'm gonna forget about it but um there's many parallels that i can draw as a beginner between motorcycling and bitcoin is um the main one and the most obvious one is um they both humble you really really quickly you know um bitcoin's pretty self-explanatory for most of the plebs that uh that listen to these episodes but uh, for those of you that don't ride motorcycles um, it's probably lesson number one or lesson number two that you're gonna you're gonna hear if you if you actually go to a um let's say a competence driving school um i was very fortunate to to take um, my lessons in a specialized motorcycle uh, driving school and i'm not talking about like some fancy shit like a closed circuit environment no no it's just it's not a driving school that also does driving uh, lessons for for car people who want to take their their driver's license for for cars, right? It's just focused on motorcycles. Um, so yeah, I was very fortunate to to have people who knew what they were talking about. Um, and first thing they say is, you know, when you go on the road, um, people are going to try to um, everyone's going to try to kill you. That's how you should see it. And I'll be damned. I went twice on the road with the with those people, um, and they were right. Um, people drive like shit. They don't see you. Oh, now there's uh, sirens in the mix. They were added to the plane, so you guys are about to have an orchestra. So this compensates for my lack of introductions, by the way. Um, in any case, so as I was saying, like. Uh, Motorcycling is a very humbling experience, even for the limited amount of lessons I've taken or actual outings I have had. Um, you know, I went on this brand new bike um, that uh, I purchased that I had never ridden before. Um, every bike is different. Um, the the balance, the the uh, handling. Um, the throttle, the torque levels, the the, the way the gears, uh, not the gears, but the way the, the shifters work, the way your, your brakes work, um, 
the friction point everything is is different from one bike to another you know and uh, i don't want to turn this into a motorcycle episode but in any case like a very very humbling experience and uh yeah happy to report um i slid today i i fell down with my motorcycle in my garage um i've been thinking about what I could have done different but in any case it was a minor injury but the reason I'm thinking what I could have done different is not from a regret perspective it's just making sure I'm prepared for for the next time um so yeah if you want to be reminded how important it is to be humble um how important it is to strive for humility uh, as an antidote to uh, to pride, um, it's uh, it's one sport I recommend everyone picks up. Um, not a sport I thought I'd like the uh, I'd like as much as I like it, but I really like it, and I look forward to my next day going out, which will probably be by the time you're listening to this episode, it'll be sunny where I'm at. I will probably take the bike out and uh, go practice in like an empty parking lot. I will be sweating in my full uh, leather gear suit. And that's another thing I forgot to mention. I am fully equipped all the time. There's no way I'm going in t-shirts and shorts. No way in hell. And I still got like a a mild burn, like friction burn from uh, from falling. And I had my full gear today. So if you take motorcycling, be prepared. Everyone will try to kill you. Stay humble. It's a humbling experience. And wear your full equipment. I don't know why I said okay, like I was expecting you to <laughs> to answer. Um, but yeah, so by the time that you were listening to this episode, I will probably be out in some random parking lot practicing my uh, my techniques. And who knows, if, uh, if that goes well and I feel comfortable, I will probably try to take a, a leisurely ride in the hood, the neighborhood. Okay, so... Um, Next thing I wanted to talk about, let's talk about things that are more Bitcoin related because this is, after all, a Bitcoin podcast. So aside from the personal things, um, there's been many things going on, like just in the Bitcoin world and in worlds in parallel to the Bitcoin world, uh, you know, as clown world evolves. Um, so does the plot. The plot definitely thickens. So the first uh, first thing I want to talk about that I... Uh, I, I stumbled upon by listening to this energy debate podcast um, on the Stefan Levera podcast. Um, I had I actually had the pleasure of meeting Stefan um, in Miami uh, at a Nostra event. So um, if you don't have my pub key by now, you'll probably not get it unless you find a way to contact me. So you're lost, my man. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I met uh, Stefan in person. I was in Miami at the same time uh, that the Bitcoin conference was going on. Um, I did not go. I only went to one of the after parties. It was pretty fun. Got to meet lots of lots of prominent figures that uh, you might be familiar with. Anyway, Miami is always a blast. Always freaking expensive, but always a blast. Um, so yeah, I met uh, Stefan in person, but I, I was... Um, liked the content and liked uh, the episodes he'd put out and and i listened to one that has been on my radar uh with um ben gagnon and there's uh, basically an energy debate um um that's what the whole episode is about 
And this is where Ben Gagnon talks to some guy, either from Digiconomist or Cambridge, or I don't know where the fuck he's from. I, I, I couldn't care less. Um, credentials don't really matter. Uh, I, I think it's just important to listen to whatever everyone has to say. Um, because you never know. You never know. Some some sources of information might be uh, might surprise you. You know, they might come from um, unexpected sources, uh, unexpected places, and you know they might be filled with wisdom or knowledge or something that you can extract and write down on a piece of paper and talk about it in a podcast episode later. <laughs> um, so, um, anyway, uh, this um, this episode. Um, I listened to it and there was one moment where I was uh, um, paying attention when it was talking about uh, this, um, the purpose of Bitcoin mining um, when it comes to the energy debate and what's the, the, the advantage and why is uh, Bitcoin mining uh, an, such an important piece of the equation. And I'm going to play this clip um, of what uh, Ben Gagnon had to say. Um, but also, um, during this clip, uh, Ben talks about um, the scaling of transactions, which is always a, a theme that you see come back in, in Bitcoin debates, is how are we going to scale to sustain so many transactions in the future? And uh, I, I don't think this episode has the antidote or the answer to that necessarily um but let let's go ahead and play this clip um because i i think it'll be important to dissect a couple of things here as a miner i think my primary role is providing security to the network and secondary is processing transactions it's more important that nobody gets their bitcoin stolen out of their wallet than somebody gets like the most rapid transaction speed that they can possibly have and when we look at how bitcoin works as actual payment medium you know bitcoin transactions are comparable to swift and lightning transactions are comparable to mastercard you know nobody is out there doing 100 million transactions every day, you know, on, on, on the SWIFT network for cans of Coke, right? There are different payment mediums and different payment settlement networks for different kinds of transactions with different purposes and different values associated with those transactions that give different degrees of certainty and are also associated with different processing times. So, you know, that's the more comparable. All right. Um, so as you've heard, pretty interesting point of view from Ben. Um, but I want to dissect it a little further. There are some things that are mentioned here that I can't say I necessarily agree with, right? So like I said, before I started rolling the clip, it's, you know, you can get sources of information from anywhere. Um, the source doesn't matter. doesn't matter what reputation they have. You have to do your own diligence and you have to to analyze it and dissect it in a way that's the most important for you. So let's talk about what Ben Gagnon mentioned um, around the purpose of um, Bitcoin mining. Um, and Ben said that its main purpose is to secure transactions first and foremost. Um, and I don't really agree with that. Um, I am a Bitcoin miner myself, um, albeit way less successful than uh, um, Ben Gagnon. Um, for, for those of you who don't know, I, I believe he's uh, involved with um, BitFarms. I forget his exact role, but anyway. 
Um, obviously, BitFarm's a very successful company. They do know what they're doing. Um, but I, I can't say I agreed with uh, what uh, Ben mentioned there. Securing transactions is not the purpose of Bitcoin mining. Um, miners exist to be greedy. That is the main purpose. And that's what I hope people understand is greed is a human emotion that lives in each and every one of them. And the genius, the ingenuity of Bitcoin is it turns it into a positive thing. Um, ASICs exist to be greedy. Bitcoin miners exist to be greedy. Um, it's the nodes, the Bitcoin nodes, people that run the Bitcoin software and that validate um, the proposed transactions and the, the, the proposed blocks submitted by uh, the ASIC miners. That's that's the those are the those are the people who secure transactions and the main purpose is securing transactions and I, I want to make it very very clear even for um, for newbies who are potentially just stumbling on this podcast episode of what is Bitcoin mining Bitcoin mining's purpose is not to secure transactions Bitcoin mining is to propose valid transactions ideally so that um, the network um the bitcoin network can continue um processing transactions every 10 minutes every single 10 minutes TikTok next block right um it is not their pur- uh, their purpose to secure or to make sure that those transactions are valid because you will have people that will try to attack the network they will use their hash power to try to attack the network and to force a double spend um and in the purpose for newbies that are potentially listening, a double spend is basically um, allowing a transaction, an invalid transaction to be added to the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, basically, you spend money that you don't have. Okay, So your Bitcoin miners can potentially become um, too greedy and try to not obey the rules of, of um, of Bitcoin and uh, propose invalid transactions. Um, they are not the ones that will secure your transactions. Um, ideally, in an ideal state, they will quote unquote secure transactions. And I mean, adding valid transactions, proposing valid transactions to the longest blockchain um, f- between all of the transactions that sit within the mempool. Um, but they are not required to. Uh, a miner is not required to do so. So this is um, this is something that's very important to understand for um, for newbies. Is you know miners can act in their best interest, but against the best interest of Bitcoin. But they will get wiped out because there is a third actor that is the most important. Is the the people that run Bitcoin nodes. So the people that run uh, the Bitcoin core software, either on their um, Umbral, on their old laptops, uh, old desktops, anyone who runs the Bitcoin software, Bitcoin core software, um, and is up to date with uh, the most recent transaction. Those are the people that validate uh, the longest blockchain. And those are the people that validate that the Bitcoin uh, network is um, is intact and there aren't any um, 
invalid transactions in there and there aren't people that are spending money that they don't have. Um, so very, very important uh, concept and um, something that's very, very important as well to know is um, it's far easier for a node to validate if a transaction is correct or incorrect than it is for a miner to submit either a valid transaction or an invalid transaction. So the amount of electricity they spend, the amount of time and the amount of money um, they spend is completely disproportionate and it's way higher. So your miners, your those uh, ASICs that run in the background and that power the Bitcoin network and that try to add transactions to the blockchain every 10 minutes, um, they spend ridiculous amount of energy and the electricity cost is absolutely ridiculous. However, your people who run nodes, people who run the Bitcoin core software, um, those people, all they need is an internet connection and um, a computer that's powered on and synced up to the, to the latest block within the blockchain. And as soon as a miner proposes an invalid transaction, it is easily verifiable. It's not easy to find a valid transaction and add it to the chain, but it's easy to validate that it is one. So I've listened to another episode, another podcast episode that that kind of um, compares it to a um, a bike lock. Let's say you have a bike lock with like scroll wheels and numbers on them, right? Um, this is basically how the Bitcoin blockchain operates is when a transaction is being proposed, um, what your miners will do is they will have ASICs that will try to hash um, uh, hash uh, a, sin, a certain input um, to match the output of the valid transaction. So it's like basically they try to guess the code that unlocks the bike lock. And if they get it, you know, um, you have someone that can validate or basically the validation is like, can you open the bike lock or not? Um, so that's why, you know, you can spend hours and hours trying to find the right combination for the bike lock with that scroll wheel. You, you know, it could be one, two, three, four, five, six, or it could be whatever else. Um, but it's easily verifiable. As soon as it's there, anyone can try to open the lock and see if they've actually cracked the code. Um, I, I, actually, I don't even know why I use that expression, crack the code, because it, it's not cracking of a code. It's um, hashing is, is this concept of turning an input into a um, cryptographic output and there is no way to to replicate that except by playing the guessing game and going through every single input that you can as fast as possible so basically trying as many lock combination numbers as soon as uh, as fast as possible and trying to open the lock every single time that is um, at at, uh, at a very high level what Bitcoin mining is um, and I got to give a shout out to Natalie Brunel and D++ that uh, have given this, this great um, analogy um, of, of what Bitcoin mi mining is. It's, you don't solve an algorithm. You don't solve a mathematical problem. That's, that's incorrect also. Um, so in, in this case, you know, if we think back to the bike lock example, you know, um, anyone can have a freaking bike lock and try to propose something and... Uh, um, that doesn't mean they're securing the bike, you know, um, or they're able to unlock the bike in this case, I guess. Um, 
yeah, it's not a perfect analogy, but I, I think it's pretty good. Um, it's the people that actually go and walk by, walk next to them, that see there's a bike there, they see it's locked to a freaking pole or something, and they see that that person knows the code or they don't. So basically they're trying to brute force it um, and trying to add something to uh, to the blockchain that is invalid. So that's the relationship between um, miners, Bitcoin miners and uh, node runners. Node runners are the, the um, whatchamacallit, whatchamacallit, those uh, citizens, uh, not outstanding, God damn it! Not outstanding citizens. I, I I forgot the the expression. In any case, you know what I'm referring to. Those exemplar, modular citizens that have a look and say, "Hey, someone's trying to steal this bike," or "Nope, this guy knows what he's doing. He knows the bike lock, and the it's correct. It'll open up the lock, right?" So, that your node runners are the ones that secure transactions. Your big, uh, your uh, miners, Bitcoin miners, are the people who basically try to open up the lock and they can either do it for the right reasons because it's their bike or they could do it for their for the wrong reasons they're trying to steal the bike um but in any case they are greedy they will try to open the lock right so so that's what's important is what ben gagnon mentioned securing a transaction it's incorrect in in my humble opinion um it's Bitcoin mining is used to process transactions and only the smart ones, only the smart Bitcoin miners will realize that they have more to gain um, by playing fair uh, and actually playing the guessing game uh, than trying to brute force it, trying to put in an invalid transaction so that they can get more out of it. And that's part of the ingenuity of Bitcoin is you have that that third layer of security and the most important layer, which are your node run or node runners. Um, I keep saying third layer, but you know, node runners can be even people that just have Bitcoin core as their main wallet and use it uh, to, to spend transactions. Um, but in any case, um, I, I, I thought that this part of uh, the, um, the episode was very, very interesting. But the second part that caught my eye, that was also, um, Part of that clip we played is um, where Ben was actually right um, and comparing apples to apples. So comparing the Bitcoin energy usage to um, the Swift energy usage as a layer one mechanism instead of um, comparing it to Visa, to MasterCard and all of those layer two, layer three technologies that we have in the current fiat system. And this is very, very important to, to um, understand as well. And I've actually had a couple of experiences firsthand to, to, that help identify these um, um, and distinguish layer one versus layer two and why it's important to compare energy usage um, of apples to apples. Um, so compared to the SWIFT system, SWIFT system being backed by um, the full faith in the United States military, and um, compare it to the layer one Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin core, that every single 10 minutes, um, transactions are being added to the blockchain. So um, when we make that comparison, this energy usage becomes way more justified. And the concerns around the energy usage should completely be dispelled for, for anyone that's paying attention, right? Um, if you compare 
Visa, MasterCard, the, the, the energy usage to run those data centers. Um, whoever the fuck uh, Ben was uh, debating, he might have something, but he's comparing apples to oranges. So when we compare um, the Bitcoin layer one, compare it to the energy usage of the entire military and tell me that as a layer one, um, Bitcoin uses more energy and another entirely debate, another entire debate that can be had is, is it justifiable to, to consume that this much energy? And um, again, I, I think the answer is yes. Um, but uh, when we when we compare Bitcoin to Swift as a layer one, I actually have a story um, where I purchased my ASICs in a different fashion. My first ASIC purchase, I used the Swift system, my guy. And for anyone who's listening who has never had to do an international transfer of any reason, let me ask you this, okay? Um, go to, when you're going to go do your first international transfer, it's going to happen. I don't know when, I don't know how, but I guarantee that somewhere, somehow, you will need to make an international money transfer, okay? Regardless of if you use Remitly or whatever the fuck you're using, you're going to have to use the fiat system to send some money. Okay. What I want you to find out, I want you to find out through how many intermediaries you went. What was the money that uh, you put in? What was the money that went out? And what were the fees um, that were associated with your transfer? I guarantee you that you will not be able to get a clear answer until the transaction is processed and that the person who gets the money at the receiving end will be like, hey, I'm missing 200 bucks or whatever the fuck they're missing. Okay, because this is what's happened to me when I initially purchased my ASIC with a wire transfer. I had to do two fucking wire transfers because my bank could not tell me how many intermediaries it passed through to get to the recipient, which was Bitmain, and how much they took in fees. The only thing I could find was the outstanding balance um, on my Bitmain account of what was left when I wanted to purchase my first ASIC. I hated the entire experience. And I'm not the only one that I know for a fact I had to go through all of this shit um, only to realize that this is completely inefficient. You have no transparency at all. You have no idea what is going on. Whereas with uh, Bitcoin, um, I purchased uh, after this, uh, let's say, traumatizing experience, I've purchased my ASICs ever since in Bitcoin. In 10 minutes, I had an instant settlement that was sent to Bitmain. And um, automatically, the next day, my order would be shipped. Regardless of how much time it would take, regardless of customs and everything else you have to deal with, it took me 10 minutes to send the transaction. Because the reason I say regardless of customs and whatever uh, is because those are fixed variables. Whether you use Swift or whether you use Bitcoin, those are still variables you're going to encounter um, when you try to purchase ASICs. So compare apples to apples. Do two transactions. One is a wire transfer and the same, the same transaction that you want to do, do it in Bitcoin next time. And tell me which one is more efficient, which one is more transparent, which one you actually know what the frick is going on. And by the way, the fees uh, by uh, the fees of sending a layer one 
um, transaction with Bitcoin is incredibly cheaper than um, the fees that all of these fucking intermediary banks will take when you send your money from the US to Cambodia or whatever the fuck. Okay, so compare apples to apples when it comes to um, to energy usage, to transaction fees, and to settlement time and the, the, the capacity to process thousands of transactions um, in uh, literally minutes. Okay, so that's where I think uh, Ben was uh, shining, and that's where I think he he won the debate. Um, another another example to um, to strengthen this um, is uh, recently I, I took a trip to Aruba, and I did not have any U.S. dollars on me. I did have my credit card, um, but I took a, a taxi trip to to my hotel. And I was uh, in the cab with this guy and I was like, hey, you got you got a terminal? Like, can I pay with Visa MasterCard? He's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And for the fuck of it, I also asked him, do you take Bitcoin? And he's like, oh, I don't really know. You know, I'm invested in such and such and blah, blah, blah. But I don't really know how it works. Um, so basically, while I was writing towards my hotel, um, I was trying to orange pill him and uh, to move him away from the shit coins because he was invested in a couple of shit coins. I don't know how much I succeeded, but um, my trip with him capped off in saying, hey, you know what? Um, can I pay you in Bitcoin? And the guy said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So I decided to pay him in Bitcoin. And my mistake was I did not use Lightning. Um, I used Layer 1. So it's basically like if I initiated a wire transfer instead of using my credit card, right? That, that's kind of the comparison. Um, but here's the thing. It still took 10 minutes. Um, it was some of the most awkward 10 minutes of my life. <laughs> Staying in this fucking taxi cab and saying, yeah, don't worry about it. like, uh, And just continuing to orange pill him until that transaction went through. Um, and uh, when he got it confirmed, he's like, all right, you have a good day. Um, so... In any case, um, the lesson learned that I took from there was, uh, you know, if you want to use small transactions, our best bet right now um, as Bitcoiners is definitely the Lightning Network, which does compete with the Visa and MasterCard, um, by the way, in terms of volume of transactions. So when we compare apples to apples and orange to orange, um, clearly orange is winning. Uh, Bitcoin is winning. There, there is no comparison at all. And um, even with uh, layer one, I never could have sent a wire transfer to this dude. If I asked, if I pulled up in his uh, in his taxi and I asked him, hey, can I send you a wire transfer real quick for this taxi trip? He's going to be like, get the fuck out of here. What the what are you doing? Okay, so this is where, I, again, I think... Um, Ben won the debate and um yeah I wanted to touch on this podcast episode because I, I thought it was pretty um pretty interesting one. Um highly encourage you listening to the whole thing. Um but um it, it, it does feel like they're both running in circles. Uh Ben and the opposition. I keep forgetting that guy's name. I don't really care anyway. The only reason I remember Ben's name is because um I wrote it down <laughs> and uh, it's an easy name to to write down and remember. Um, so in other pieces of news that uh, have been evolving over these past 
two weeks or such is um, the attacks are coming. Um, the attacks are coming against the open source software. Um, thank you, uh, Papa Elon, for opening the floodgates, but it looks like everyone's following in their footsteps. So um, tech oligarchs everywhere are attacking open source software and um, software that play by their rules as well. And uh, if you don't know what I'm referring to, I'm referring to, first of all, Adamus um, and the current, um, let's just put it as conversations they have with Apple to to fight to keep their app online. And I'm, I'm a user of Domus. Uh, so I have, uh, let's say lots of disdain for Apple right now, um, because of, uh, uh, of their guidelines and, um, their guidelines are very, very wishy-washy, but also, um, other apps that basically infringe those guidelines like PayPal, uh, like um, Twitter, like um, what are some other good ones? Uh, Uber. None of these um, have are having their apps being removed. And um, apparently uh, there was a time where I used to be on Android, but there was. A okay, so the fireworks have begun. Um, and that's what you're hearing in the background. So let's see if I can remove that that noise. But um, as I was saying, um, there was a time where on the App Store, you were not even allowed to download Bitcoin wallets. There were no Bitcoin wallet apps on the App Store. So wishy-washy wish, guidelines. Um, tech oligarchs are coming for our favorite apps. Um, and I have this, uh, this post by um, Will... Um, the founder of Noster, shout out Will. If you ever listen to my podcast episode, I'm a big fan. We also met in Miami. I also took a picture, never posted. Um, I should have posted it, but anyway, shout out to you. Um, he, this is what he mentioned. So the more I read this Apple guideline, the more I realize it can be used to remove any Bitcoin or P2P payment app at any time. That involves Cash App too for my US folks. So this is what uh, their guidelines state. So apps may enable individual users to give a monetary gift to another individual user without using in-app purchase, provided that A, the gift is a completely optional choice by the giver, and B, 100% of the funds go to the receiver of the gift. Uh-oh. Uh, PayPal, my man. Uh, Cash up, my man. <laughs> you guys are also infringing those guidelines, by the way. Um, don't come after me, bro. I'm just whatever. Or if you do come after me, fuck you. Um, but in any case, um, we could see very, very unfair. I don't know why Domus was targeted specifically because of those apps. But in any case, in any case um, let's continue reading through this post. Um, specifically, a gift that is connected to or associated at any point in time with receiving digital content or services must use in-app purchase. This means when users start saying zap me with your email to receive my art, then this would give Apple an excuse to remove Domus at any time, even uh, with only profiles apps. This is true of every P2P payment app as well, from what I can tell. Not to mention, 100% of the funds go to the receiver of the gift, 
So what about minor fees? Apple could argue that minor transaction fees on Bitcoin transactions validate, violate their guidelines. And theoretically they do. Um, but this also means that Thalmas splits and support star are very much not allowed and they won't be pushed to the App Store. So overall, everything is very vague, which gives Apple the ability to remove your app for any reason. Fun. I agree. It's fun. Um, but it basically feels like it's uh, apps for thee and not for me. Um, because PayPal clearly inf infringes these guidelines as they stand. They are wishy-washy, uh, very vague in by purpose. So it makes me wonder what the politics will be around. Hopefully, Domus gets to stay. Um, Will, I'm rooting for you and the entire Domus team. I love your your Noster app on iOS. I have not used Noster outside of my phone. If I have to do it, I will do it. But I hope it doesn't come to that. Um, but this isn't the only um, apps for thee and not for me uh, episode that we had. Another one that is less related to Bitcoin, but uh, very much hit home is with uh, Reddit and their surcharge of their uh, APIs. So um, Apollo is a client on iOS for Reddit that is absolutely brilliant in every way and trumps whatever Reddit mustered up as an app. And um, Reddit decide to price out their quote-unquote competitors um, ahead of their supposed IPO. So fuck you, Reddit. Um, Apollo is an excellent, excellent app. And it looks like it's going to be decommissioned shortly. By the time you're listening to this episode, potentially, um, I, I think uh, the date is June 27th. So yeah, by the time you listen to this episode, maybe um, Apollo may no longer exist on your iPhone device or iOS device. Um, so RIP Apollo, you've been fun. Um, I will not be using the Reddit app. And most likely, if I can try to find a way to know how shorts work and short Reddit, I will probably do it because fuck Reddit and fuck whoever does not um, agree to the philosophy of open source software. Um, if you release those API, APIs, release them and be transparent about it. And um, doesn't look like they're transparent at all. Um, blurry guidelines from Apple incoherent messaging from reddit and all thanks to elon with his blue check subscriptions ads I, I don't even know i'm not i'm not on twitter anymore actually so i have no idea what's going on i just hear word to mouth or word to podcast i guess <laughs> i listen to a lot of podcasts um yeah so hopefully you enjoyed this episode neither near neither here nor there but one consistent theme is I keep losing my words. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Um, hope you've learned something uh, around Bitcoin principles, around what's going on. If you're no longer tuned into mainstream media, I've just given you a recap of the most important things you should, uh, you should keep an eye out for. RIP Apollo. Hopefully Dalmas stays alive. Um, and yeah, keep, uh, keep stacking sats. Keep listening to the Sunday Bitcoiner. Keep, uh, sending me your reviews, um, letting me know what you think, letting me know if there are topics you want me to cover. Um, but yeah, next uh, next episode should be a fun one. And shit, uh, I mentioned somewhere during this episode that I have another 
episode that I should uh, plan to do. And I already forgot what it is. So while I'm editing this, uh, this episode, I'll try to track it down and figure out uh, what's the other episode I promised I'll, uh, um, I'll try to touch on. Oh, yes, motorcycling and Bitcoin. Was that it? Uh, anyway, I'll, I'll figure it out. Thanks for listening. This one ran way longer than I wanted it to run. But um, yeah, catch you in the next one. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and uh, look forward to a new acoustic, a new intro, maybe. Not guaranteed. Um, yeah. Thank you all for listening.